This interview from Radio Row at Super Bowl 52 is brought to you by Country Financial, Joe DeVere, Kettle River Furniture and Bedding, Kevin A. Bear, Liberty Mutual Insurance, Kevin Miller, Coldwell Banker Gundaker Realtors, Western Illinois University, Collinsville Auto Body, Inskip Law, and Glory Pro Wrestling. Welcome back to the Super Bowl special on 590 The Fan, KFNS. I'm Howard Balzer, the H-Man. Joe Roderick is here. and Howard, uh, you've, and, I know you've been waiting all week for to interview this man <laughs> because you've also been waiting all week to stand in front of a room of your peers and fight for this man. It is the uh, Hall of Fame finalist. And by the time this airs, it'll be, we'll know, uh, within a few hours after that. Yes. He is the uh, Super Bowl champion, former Ram, Isaac Bruce. What's up, Isaac? Hey, what's up, man? How you guys doing? So, you know, we're doing great. We're doing great. So I, what, what is the process truly like in, term, in terms of, you know, finally a finalist last year? Right. And, you know, it's funny. I got to tell you this because I do the Hall of Fame radio show. And Joe Harrigan does so much. He says, well, you know, I like to tell guys that, well, it's really not seven years if, if you wait or whatever, it's only seven days because it happens in one day. I said, no, Joe, it's seven <laughs> years. But what, what, what is that truly like in terms of maybe not wanting to obsess about it or think about it too much, just the whole process? You know what? Um, I think the process is, is, is interesting. It's fun. Um, it's totally different from the draft. I think the draft had the opportunity to bring you more anxiety uh, than this process because, you know, with the draft, you, you don't know where you end up. I mean, from Green Bay to Seattle, St. Louis to Los Angeles. So um, you don't know what coach you'll be playing for, what teammates you'll have. You don't know. So that, that And you're came, young. Exactly. And you're young, and it's Absolutely. like, wow. You came with a lot more anxiety. But this situation is, is different. I mean, everything has been finished. Uh, the works are finished. Everything's laid out on the table. It's for other people to scrutinize and take a look at it. I actually know where I'm headed. Um, I know what city and what, what state I'll be in. Um, and um, I'm excited about it, man. What, what, what was that day like? Because I, I can't imagine. What, what's that day like when you're in – what do you do to – fill your thoughts or whatever is you I don't, I don't know if you stayed in the hotel room the whole day or tried to get out a little bit until you knew when the time might be but just waiting that day and just wondering what what might happen now last year was different because we were in houston right. and my in-laws are from houston my wife was there my, my my children were there so i had an opportunity to just go spend time with them just hang out a little bit um i think i got tricked into doing some shopping and uh before before i knew it it was three o'clock and i had to go back in into the room so um um, but this year's a little different. I mean, I got a different game plan. Um, we're not in Houston. We're in Minnesota, great city. It's absolutely cold, so we may be spending a whole lot more time <laughs> in uh, the hotel. So I got a game plan that, you know, I have written out, and uh, it works for me. I, I remember talking to Aeneas, and when – he was he was he was talking about how they went to a, a shop. I don't know if it was in the hotel or somewhere, and they were looking at shoes and all yeah. this. He just just to, just to take his mind off it. But last week, Isaac, my wife and I were at the grand opening of Aeneas's church okay. in St. Louis. Yeah, and amazing what what the accomplishments are. And so we, we were talking, and I told him I was I was doing this. It was the first I'd seen him, and he, he says, "Oh, that that's all." And he says, "You know, as I was doing it." And I didn't present Aeneas when he went in, but after Bernie got done with his presentation, I still spoke, just as I, I said some things for okay. you last year. Because yeah. it's 
open to the whole room to talk after the initial presentation. So I said, but as I was looking at it, because I had also written some letters to the committee about Aeneas, because he... Not, he wasn't he wasn't a finalist for a couple of years, and I thought maybe some people were overlooking him. Mm-hmm. And I said, as I was looking at this and preparing what I was going to say about Isaac, it hit me that so much of you guys are so similar in terms of beyond the field, yeah. you know, beyond what happens between the lines in terms of the values and the character and the leadership and all that. And he looked at me and he says, yeah, there's no doubt about it. I said, man, I, I, I didn't have to work at this. I could have just used my speech, what I said for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's important to us. I mean, I think right. when, when we were drafted, you know, myself in Los Angeles and, and uh, you know, when we came to St. Louis, it was important to us to be a part of that community. I mean, you don't just separate a team from the community. I mean, you're, you're all one. Right. So you, you feel the pain like we experienced when St. Louis went back to the, to Los Angeles. So um, it's important to us. I mean, we don't, we're not just football players. It's, it's part of our brand. It's part of what we are and what we do. It doesn't really define us. But, you know, what we do in our communities, that really shows the true character of a person and, and, uh, and, and, and what you do for others. You know, like Coach Marks used to always tell us, only what you do for others will last. And, um, you know, we took that to heart. I mean, we took everything that he gave us from a football standpoint and life standpoint, and that's what we went out and implemented. Talking with Isaac Bruce, who I am confident, I will say this, will, will, will be a Hall of Famer. Hey, well, I changed but, my right. name, Howard. You gotta, Did you? You got to understand it. My okay. name my name went from finalist to electee in my house. Oh, so okay. I don't have my, I like my daughter. I told my daughters, listen, <laughs> this week, don't call me Abba. Don't call me Daddy. Call me electee. All right. All right. So that's where we are. <laughs> when you look, and I, I remember asking you this. I, for, I forget where it was. I think it was about five, maybe four or five years ago. There was some something going on somewhere. And I, and I, I remember just asking you, because saying how tough it was. This is when Chris Carter uh-huh. and Tim Brown yeah. and Andre Reed were finalists year after year after year. And fi- it, they didn't get into like six or eight, you know, six or eight times as a finalist. Uh-huh. And I said, and I just asked you, how, how, sh- how, how do we, and I know there's not one answer, but how do you separate guys and, and make those decisions? What, what's your thought on that as a whole, just the wide receiver position, well, and especially what it's become yeah. in the NFL because the numbers are just so, so crazy now? Well, uh, well, honestly, for me, when, when I was asked that question, even before you posed it to me, um, I never grouped myself with those guys. I mean, it, uh, we know that football is a business. There's a business aspect of it. You know, we're taught to think of ourselves as a as a business within a, a another business. So that's the way I kind of looked at it. I, 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 I never grouped myself with uh, a bunch of other guys. I knew I was competing with those guys uh, at the draft, uh, for, for Pro Bowls, uh, for all pro honors. Those were the guys that I was competing with. So, and at the same time, another reason I say I separated myself because I have a Super Bowl ring. I played in Super Bowls, two Super Bowls. I led my team to two Super Bowls, uh, won a Super Bowl in dramatic fashion, and that separated me from the group, the quote-unquote group. And I feel like there's no difference today. So, uh, you know, I I have jewelry that I didn't have to purchase. That's the way I look at it. And, um, you know, no one can ever take it from me. It hit me the other day as I was scrambling to do all this together, and and I, it, it it was it was weird because it was something that I it had never dawned on me before that we knew the plays were there, but 
that the, that year, that first year playoffs in 99, the first offensive play for the Rams, after falling behind, by the way, 3 nothing, the Vikings yeah. went down and kicked the field right. goal. And the Dome is all of a sudden, okay, well, yeah. uh, maybe are we, I hope there's nothing to get worried about. And boom, first play. That's right. 77 yards. First play. And then the last play, we all know. Yeah. And I'm saying, wow. And then, that, and then I said, then all of a sudden something came to me and I said, <laughs> has anyone ever done that? In, a post, in, in one postseason to have two touchdowns of 70 yards or more? And so I called someone I know at the Elias Sports Bureau, and the answer is no. Wow. No one ever has in one postseason. And there's only two guys that have done it in different postseasons. Right. And they're both Hall of Famers. John wow. Stallworth and Paul Warfield. Okay, now that was shocking. I had never heard that stat before. And I haven't um, either, and I'm glad I, I'm glad I yeah. found that out. I was, um, you know, when I read it, I was like, wow, because it, it, it kind of steals you, and then you see the two guys that did it before you, and, and when they did it, I mean, you know, it's it's humbling to think of the think, you know, that you, you can actually add my name with those guys, man. It, it kind of floored me for a second, and um you know, it was it's amazing to see see it on paper, and it really opens it up and opens up your eyes because in the history of the league, what we're close to 100 years or maybe 101 years. Yeah, it'll, now, be, it'll be 120, 20. Oh my goodness! I mean, and so many guys who have come through, so many great yeah. wide receivers who have played from the Lance Allworths to to the uh, Henry Ellis and guys who played in big time postseason games, and that's never happened. I mean, that's that's amazing to me. And in the, in the one other note about Warfield, you know, there's only been five first-time eligible guys get in in history. Really? Well, five wide receivers. Wow. And Paul's one of them. Wow. That's great. So, That's great. So. He's a former Miami Dolphin, too. Yes, so, you yes. know, he's from down there in my area, uh, having played. And, and um, you know, I remember one summer up in uh, Macomb, Illinois, uh, you know, we had a little break, and Coach Mike Martz is talking. I, I, I think the guys, I think we went to Canton. I missed it that week. But he came back, he said he saw Paul Warfield's uh, bust, and he got excited about it. And t- he was telling me, you know, I can envision you seeing being right next to Paul Warfield. So um, I th- that, that was exciting. It got me excited. It got me through the next three practices, man. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> and that was always fun going through his practices, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And you mentioned Henry. That's a guy that I vote for because he's nominated, yeah. and I vote for every year, yeah. and got, it's forgotten about. Yeah. But what he did at a time when, man, I mean, he, he it's forgotten what he accomplished. Well, and I, and at, I know he was a big help yeah. to you. You're looking at two guys from his, his he, he, with him being the vine, myself and Torrey Holt are the branches. So mm-hmm. um, he really, really helped us tremendously. And not only that, you know, when you talk to Henry, um, you know, he probably didn't start catching passes till like his third season. Yeah, his return of kicks. Yeah, yeah. And, and finish with the numbers that he finished with yeah. was amazing, man. It, it really a great is. Great route runner. Um, you know, his, his film is just amazing to watch. I was going to ask you that next, and you just mentioned it, <laughs> the route running. Yeah. And everybody says that. Yeah. So where – how, how, did that, how did that develop in you that you became that route runner right. that you did? Well, it's funny. I was, um, I was uh, always a football fan. And, you know, I, I watched these old football clips on, you know, NFL films or something like that. And I saw one day a guy by the name of Raymond Berry. Mm. And 
And just watching and hearing people talk about him, he was always considered the best route runner that the NFL has ever had. So just going from there, I, I took the moniker, I took the, the affirmation of saying, you know what, I'm the best route runner in the NFL. This was even before, you know, I really knew how to run routes. In 1995, I think I was probably pretty strictly off talent. You know, I could get open, I could outrun people. But you know, a, a route connoisseur, uh, having that affirmation, uh, having guys come into my world like Henry Ellett who really showed me how to get open. Guys like Jesse Hester who taught me how to get open versus a, a zone. That, that changed it for me. It made things so much easier for me as far as routes, routes were concerned. I, I don't think there was a defense that, that really could, you know, that a person could put in front of me that I didn't have the wisdom on how to get open against it. So, And not only just be open. You know, I used, I used to tell Dane Looker, he sat beside me in meeting rooms for seven years. I was like, Dane, do you want to be open or do you want to be wide open? And my thing was being wide open because I didn't yeah. like getting tackled. So yeah. I, I, I prefer to be wide open, and, and that was a testament to it. So Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's great. You know, it's funny. I asked – this is totally off the track, but I was curious once the same thing with the route running. I asked Marshall once because anyone he ever talked to has just talked about how just – he took notes at every meeting, and he and 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 just I, I always thought that sometimes he made his cuts at a time when you say, "Wow!" It was almost like he had a sense of where someone was going to be, and everyone always talked about what a smart player he was. So I asked him once at his retirement press conference, in fact, "Where did that come from?" And it was cra- It was wild story. I don't know if you ever heard it. He said when he was at San Diego State, and now of course he wasn't playing both ways and this and that. And, and he was getting bored. He was get, he got bored during practice. So the the quarterbacks coach at San Diego State then was Sean Payton. Okay. And so Marshall approached him and said, "Show me the game. Teach me the game from the quarterback's eyes." Right. Right. And that's when he started started doing that. So yeah. so certainly that route running. Ha- mm-hmm. How, how, how much work was that? I mean, obviously, it's a lot of work to then, okay, now I know what to do. Right. Now it's going out and doing it. Well, um, I think, I think the, the heavy lifting part of it, like I said, the, it was the middle part. The knowing. Yeah, right. and just, just believing that, you know what, before you actually see it on the film, before you actually sit in your, your team meeting room, you go over film with your coach, just believe that this is who you already are. So that part was the tough part because, you know, you know being, being a human being, you know, we, we sometimes go off what we feel, what we see, and what we can smell. If we, if we can't see either one of those things, we don't, we're not going to believe it. But that's the difference in it. So once I started to believe that, I started to see the manifestation of it on my practice film for my one-on-ones, the right running ability there, and then taking it to a game. Right. And it just, it, just, it just got so easy for me. I mean, you know, we have rookie, rookie free agents. We have guys who get drafted, rookies who come in, and they say, man, you just make things look so easy. And, uh, and I would just tell them, I was like, listen, I believe in this. I believe that I'm the best route runner in the NFL. And you can take that. You can go with it. I mean, I didn't copyright it or anything. Raymond Berry didn't copyright it. So, you know, you can use it. Now, did they, if, they, if they believe it, it's up to them. Was there that first time when you just got so wide open. You said, "Man, th- th- yeah, th- this this really works." Do you remember? Do you remember any plays like that early? Um, I'd have to say, you know what? I go back to uh, at Lambeau Field. I mean, there was a, there was a time when you know after I blocked the, the after drop, punt. yeah, you know, I didn't block the punt. I blocked the drop. He actually oh, dropped the ball, and then I, and he kicked my arm. And um, the very next play, I, I mean, we had a little timeout, and my arm was throbbing for the next six weeks, trust me. But we had a timeout, and I'm like, man, should I go back in or should I just stay? Well, I go back in. I make the decision to go back in. We, we 
on a route that we had been practicing uh, that whole summer. And I ran the route. Um, I went from just being able to use my footwork to use my head at the same time as far as getting open. And by the time I knew it, I was standing in the end zone by myself with the defender on the sideline. And uh, that was one of the best two plays I've ever had in, wow. in, in football. Amazing stuff. Yeah. We could talk. We could talk forever. I mean, that's. I don't. I don't think I've ever really picked your brain that much yeah. about that stuff. Yeah. But that's. That's really. Uh, yeah. Really cool. Well, we appreciate the time. Absolutely. Uh, hopefully. Uh, hopefully, Saturday is a. Is, is a really plus day. Yeah. Just speak I the mean, facts, man. You know, I mean, well, that, all, that's. That's you know. all I'll be doing. I'll, I'll say that I know when I. When, when Aeneas, and I'm not. You're not supposed to. Maybe you're not as a media person supposed to feel that. But when Aeneas made it. I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, it was almost like, okay, I'm retiring. Yeah. What, what more can I do? Yeah. Well, yeah. now that's the next one. So yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll see. But, again, th- th- thanks for coming by. I appreciate yeah. it. Have a good good time in the cold of Minneapolis. Yeah, I plan on it, man. <laughs> plan on going to the game this year. And I um, plan on hearing that big on the door. So There we go. Yeah. There we go. That's the great Isaac <laughs> Bruce. And uh, thanks for being with us, man. No thanks, man.